Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to the first episode of Talking Smart with Pew and McCart. You've heard it here, there man. Oh, cat, catchy little name. That, to be fair, I'll give you your props, Joe. That was uh, your idea, mate. So well done to you. A long time ago now. It's been a while in the making. It this, certainly uh, has. It certainly has. Big weekend of sport. Um, West Ham, how did you get on? Big win today. Big win. That's why I'm smiling. That's why I'm smiling. I'm happy. And I know you're happy, mate, because it's been a fantastic week. Well, it looked from the outside perspective, a fantastic week for yourself out in Dublin. Was it special as it looked? I'll tell you something, Joe. It was very, very special. I can remember when Ricky Burns was with Eddie and Eddie was saying, he, he made a comment. I can remember this comment he made. He said it was unbelievable to come up to, to Glasgow and see every single newspaper in the shops, front page Ricky Burns. Right, yeah. and that was the same as Dublin. You'd walk into a Tesco Express, a little corner shop, and the newspapers over there will be all front pages of Katie Taylor. That's how big it was over there. Um, it was just a whole fight, but you could feel it in the city, which it was just amazing. That 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 city, that country has been starved of big time boxing for close to fifteen years. I think Bernard Dunn was the last proper big fight night there, and uh, yeah, what what a, what a buzz, what a week. Uh, managed to go to Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's uh, pub as well, so that was good. Um, so I, what a week, what a week! But for you, what did you, did you, could you feel the atmosphere from where you were? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You just had that big fight week feel that is rare, probably these days. And I think, obviously, being in and around a lot of fight weeks in London, there's so much stuff happening in London that it's never going to take over a city. Mm. Is even like when you had like a big Tyson Fury fight night. Yeah, people are talking about it, but it's not in the forefront. It's not in your face. And I can imagine that that Katie Taylor fight night everywhere was probably plastered everywhere. It was Katie Taylor and Conor McGregor? Am I right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it was. It was just everywhere. And you mentioned London. London's obviously got what seven football teams in it, eight football teams in it, top tier football teams, championship and Premiership probably. Um, so th- 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 you're not starved of big time sport and 
cup you know. finals and all that sort of stuff. You've, you're, London's got a big sporting event, a big music event nearly every, every other week or whatnot. But yeah, Dublin was unreal. Uh, the fight itself, I want to I want to just touch on uh, uh, the the fights from start to finish. What I will say as well, you've been to the Misfits cards. They are packed from the first bell to the last bell, aren't they? Roughly. Yeah. yeah. This is the first fight I've seen. I've been to first card that was packed. Well, almost packed. I would say it was probably well over three quarters full by the time Thomas Carty and Jay McFarlane stepped foot in that ring, which was seven o'clock. So that arena was jam-packed from seven o'clock onwards. And it was just, uh, that's what boxing is all about. And I think that's what that's what what's good for the young fighters coming through to have a crowd there. Because you know yourself, you've been in big fights that you go to the, you're in there for seven o'clock, the undercard fighters there, it's a big, massive, empty arena with just their little pocket of fans in the corner there or over there. But last night was just phenomenal. But yeah, I want to just touch on the two top cards though. Uh, two top fights at the top of the card was Gary Cully. Uh, we'll stop with Gary Cully and uh, Jose Felix Jr., your thoughts on that watching the telly? Well, I'm a massive Gary Cully fan, as I know you are. Yep. Um, first of all, absolutely gutted for him. Mm-hmm. But second, he'll definitely come back. It was kind of the, the first right hand that put him down. It just oh, probably concussed straight away. Mm. I'm sure. uh, and then that, that looping left hand, which kind of put a full stop onto it. But what was that referee doing? I know it was just talk about saving for another day. He's a young fighter. Like, w- w- what's your opinion on that, Andy, in the arena? And what was the general gist of it? Well, I was screaming for the referee to stop it. And I was glad when uh, Pete Taylor threw in the towel because uh, Gary was gone. And you could see it being quite, what, 15 feet, whatever, 10 feet, whatever I was away. You could see that he was gone. But um, yeah, it's probably like when Gary got put down, the crowd was cheering when Gary got back up again. So it's like, that's yeah. what I mean. These Irish fans are ridiculous, man. They're, they're just, that whole saying, Conor McGregor says it, if one of us go to war, we all go to war. So when Gary Gary got back up after the first knockdown, the crowd just erupted like he would, like he'd got the knockdown. Do you know what I mean? Which obviously gave him the spirit. So instead of trying to like survive the round, I think Gary might have took something from that crowd there and tried to fire back a little bit and got clipped. And I think the referee was playing to that as well a little bit. Like the crowd was cheering and wanting Gary to hold on. And I think the referee might have been playing to that as well, maybe giving Gary that that extra little bit of time to try and survive that round, which is which isn't right. But he's we're all human, do you know what I mean? And I think uh, for some a big massive fight like that, I think the referee might have known the occasion for Gary as well. But listen, Gary, I text him today. He's not texting me back, but I, I, he's I've heard he's okay. He's fine. He's in good spirits. So that's that's the main thing. But yeah, devastating loss. But He'll be back. We've, we've seen guys like this. Look at, you just need to look at Lee Wood, who's fighting next week. He's he's had a few losses on his record, devastating losses as well, and he came back to become a world champion. So it's definitely not the end of the world for somebody as young as Gary Cully. Yeah, Gary Cully will definitely be back. He's got that talent. He's an absolute unit at 135. Do you think he should move up to 140? Well, Eddie Hearn said it to me last night. He said that that fight was at 138, catch weight, and he looked yeah. like there's not much to Gary. Gary's got absolutely no fat. You can't see anything on him. He's he's, oh. he's six foot two, but he's just slender. Oh. I mean, there's nothing he, to him. So one he's, his ankles are like matchsticks. Mm. Have you seen that his legs are so small? But if he's tired that weight, obviously you want to be at your optimum weight, don't you? Yeah, but as you get older, making the 
coming down in weights harder. He's 27. I don't know how he's been making lightweight for the best part of what four or five years now. So maybe, maybe he maybe he'll step up, maybe that extra five pounds will do the difference. But um that Jose Felix was no joke. He might have lost a few fights, lost to Sandra Martin, Tyler McKenna, but out of the 39 wins, 39 wins that he had, 30 of them were knockouts. So it was always a dangerous fight. De- definitely. And he he was in my hotel, Jose, and um he was basically saying that. I'm beating, I'm winning. He was confident the whole the whole fight week. He was just saying that and I'm gonna upset. He even told Eddie Hearn to um rip up the send get a contract ready or something like that. I can't remember exact exact words. So Felix was confident going into that fight, even against all the odds with the crowd and whatnot and the homecoming and the the whole thing with Katie Taylor and the whole it was like a fanfare. It was ridiculous and it was uh so he he didn't he wasn't phased by it. So yeah, um like Gary will come again. Gary will come again. But yeah, it was a bad night for the Irish, to be honest, because then Katie Taylor stepped in the ring. Um, and then obviously we saw what happened then. I, I was asking a lot of people in my interviews, was this a case of size matters in this fight? Do you think that that was the case here? Well, the old saying is a good big and always beats a good little. Uh, so kind of if you, that comes into play there, Logic dictates, but it was always going to be a tough fight. A tougher fight than the Serrano rematch, in my opinion. And mm. a lot of people's opinion going into that. Chantel Cameron, I think, has earned the respect of all boxing fans. And after last night, she's respect earned the respect of a lot more general sporting fans. But becoming mm. the first person to beat Katie Taylor, and she's done it in her own backyard, in her homecoming. But... I can't say I was too surprised. I knew it was a 50-50 fight. It could have gone either way. But from your perspective, Andy, what was the general consensus like in between the final bell and the reading of the scorecards? Was everyone swaying? I don't think Shanty? so. I, I, think, I think that maybe, I, from, maybe the Irish press, they were probably a little bit biased. They thought Katie, Katie had maybe nicked it, but... I think the general consensus, maybe 70% were uh, Chantel Cameron. I think that's because Chantel, from the first bell, was on the front foot, pushing Katie Taylor back, mm-hmm. either against the ropes, was going to the body quite well as well. I think that was part of our game plan to go to the body. And even when Katie was landing, uh, them, them, them hand-speed combos, them four or five punches, Chantel was thrown back straight after. Yeah, It was like you would land in four and five, but then Chantel would come back with four and five as well. So... Chantel done what she needed to do in that in that fight, but I think a lot of people were saying that the pressure and the the volume of punches that Chantel was throwing was one of the fight compared to the the small bursts. Even though maybe Katie Taylor landed probably more significant shots in terms of because uh, Chantel's face was marked a little bit, it might have been ahead. I think Chantel was saying as well, but uh, yeah, unbelievable. Like Katie Taylor, what she's done for. For not just boxing in Ireland, women's boxing, boxing in general, but for sport in Ireland, she is an absolute superstar. Yeah, the public workout, Joe, man, I swear, she didn't even do any pad work. She just, as soon as she jumped in the ring, there was a whole group of, like, schoolgirls, maybe about 20 of them, screaming, like, like screaming the whole place down. And when Katie went over to them, you should have seen this. This was like a Justin Bieber concert. It was yeah. ridiculous, man. So, um, but when you hear the 95-95... 
the first card that the first card that got read out. And you're here in a 95, 95. We've been in boxing long enough. Well, I've been a little bit longer than you because what you 12 years old or something, Joe. Um plus fat. Yeah, you're, you're old enough to drink. That's the main thing. Um, <laughs> aye. So when the 95, 95 got read, you're almost thinking 95, 95, Dublin, Katie Taylor, homecoming. Are we going to see Katie Taylor get the nod in a close fight? But Chantel uh, got it. And I think, uh, in the words of Adi Oladipo, the judges got it right um, from from his perspective. And quite maybe a few of the, the non-Irish fans that were there. But again, touching on the Irish fans there, Joe, they sung all the way through past the final bell. And he, they, they may have booed Chantel, but they, every time... Katie was speaking on the mic as well. They were cheering and they stayed to the end. I don't think maybe a quarter of the, the stadium left. It was just, it was, if you ever get a chance to go to Dublin and experience that in a big fight night, do it, mate. Even if you go there where I might, you might, I might go as a fan next time and you can, you can take my, yeah. my role. It was, I think everyone needs to experience that, mate. It's just something, something special. I think the Irish fans, I think the Scottish fans are the best in the world. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've, I haven't done a fight in either country, so uh, so I'll be the judge. I'll be the judge as a neutral corner there. But just through that fight week, from an outsider's perspective, watching yourself and Colm's content throughout the week, it seemed really refreshing. Mm. Something different, like the scenery looked different around these fight weeks. The, as you say, the workout was absolutely packed. It's rare you get a packed workout nowadays. Mm. Uh, some of them aren't even public workouts anymore. They're just known as media workouts. Mm. And then you look at the demand just to be at the Wayne, just to see Katie Taylor. It was really refreshing. I think Eddie Hearn said he felt that. He was excited. You had the kind of the showboating of Conor McGregor, which just added to this whole event. And it seemed really, really good. Um, but just to kind of tie a bow on this topic, Andy, what was uh, the content like? And did you uh, enjoy Getting plenty of interviews last week. I loved it, mate. I think I think you know yourself when you you you, you you've watched somebody from afar, like a Conor McGregor type figure, who mm. is just just an unbelievable character, and probably one of the most famous not athletes but people in, in on this planet. And then you're in his pub, and then you get word he's going to rock up, and he rocked up, and he was just so welcome, welcoming, and he just like. Me and Com had our phones out. We had our cameras ready. We were there before everybody else because we got word. So we we nipped it. Well, I got word. So we nipped across because I know. Uh, shout out Oscar Oscar Willis, who's the Mac Life guy. Um, he 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 said he's going to come today. So we went up there and he came and he was just so taking pictures with everybody and if somebody put a camera in his face, he would give you the the two minutes. Uh, so yeah, and he was he was he was a cool dude, man. I, I like that was the first time I've ever met him. And he was he was brilliant, man. He was just, you know what I mean, superstar, but kind of down to earth at the same time. But he had that aura around him. So I think that content yeah. having something like that in a fight week was uh, was was different. You had Ariel Hawani there as well, who was doing um, brilliant stuff with the zone. Yeah, it was just a, just a crazy fight week, mate. To be honest, it was it was brilliant. And uh, you just even fighters at the show last night. You had Liam Smith, Cam Smith, Connor Ben, uh, Kel Brook, John Ryder. Uh, Ebony Bridges, who else, man? Uh, Alicia Bumgarner, Michaela Meyer. Uh, I missed. I probably missed a few anyway. But it was it was just packed. It was just packed with people. And uh, oh, just what what a night, man! Like I say to you, if 
if you're a you need to experience that at some point in your life, man, because it was just it was just phenomenal. And to, to tie a bow on that, it wasn't a good night for the Irish fighters, but for the show in itself, yeah, the fans and all that. I think it was an absolutely amazing, amazing show, and the fans are definitely one of the best in the world, if not the best. You mentioned there, Andy, just some of the fighters that were in attendance last night. I just do want to quickly pick up on Conor Ben and Kel Brook. Mm. They, uh, their little bit of beef, bit of back and forth. Looks like they could potentially be building to a fight later this year. Uh, just being around that, I, I don't know if you or Com spoke to him. I haven't watched uh, the interviews yet, but is that I'm a fight? West Ham game, mate. Up the Amers, isn't it? I was, I was. I, was I, I haven't caught up on everything as of yet, but I will do, I will do. But being around them, do you think that fight could potentially happen? Uh, and is that needle behind that? Is, there, is it serious? Um, I think if you want to build a fight, you, you want to get the, the, the fans involved. And if you want to do a little bit of handbags and pushing and shoving, then yeah. then that's that's the way to do it. Um, we've seen Kel Brook, he's heated with his opponents and obviously Connor. Conor Benza, he's heated with guys that he's he's fighting against as well. They do want to fight. Um, Kel Brook's obviously retired, but he's 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 told he, what I can't remember the exact exact words to Com because Com interviewed the, the pair of them was something along the lines of "If you keep talking, I'm going to put you to kept, put you to sleep." And then Conor Ben said something along the lines of um, "Stay retired because I'll I'll f you up" or something along them lines. So. It, it does seem to be like they don't like each other. Um, I don't know where it's, if the hatred has come from, but you know what it's like when two two fighters want to fight each other, they can they can hate each other like that. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and Conor Ben said it can be made in the next month or two or two months, whatever it may be. So, listen, if they fight, uh, it's probably going to be Conor's toughest fight because of just Kels. Might be a little bit older, but he's 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 a he was, he was a quality he has a quality fighter. Might be thirty six year old, whatever he may be, but he's still a, he's still a good fighter from what he's done in his career. But yeah, like I said, the whole night was phenomenal. With Conor McGregor, the Argy Bargy with them, you had the Smith brothers and Callum and, and Liam there, Ebony Bridges and and all them guys. So it was uh, yeah, what a night, mate, what a night. But did you stay up? I seen on your Instagram. Did you stay up last night to watch Loma and? Uh, I did stay up. Kenny? Yeah, I'm I, did, cool for I, that did I can't. Say, I, I did say on my Instagram. It's it's rare that I will start one. I do usually just catch up the next morning, but I, I was excited. Undisputed lightweight title. Yeah, you know the last one I stayed up for. The Go last on. was Pacquiao Mayweather. No way. That was the last fight I stayed. I mean, I'm tall for that. I'm in my bed by nine o'clock, man. I'll get up in the morning. I might even get up at like five to 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 watch it because I normally get up around that time anyway. But I, I was going to say uh, Josh Taylor Ramirez, but you was there for that, weren't you? I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stayed up yeah, for I that. Yeah, I was there. I was there. I was yeah, there. you would have stayed up for that. I was one of. A, oh, I was probably one out of uh, maybe twelve jocks up there. Because I was repping well, repping well, though, Andy. Yeah, repping man, well. The, the salt tear on my back. Even I was. I was a non-biased media member there. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I've heard. I've heard from Evan Corns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you have. I'll tell you a couple more stories. Maybe on our podcast, I'll tell some stories about what happened. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Lomachenko, I mean, uh, undisputed lightweight. You've got two, two, two great fighters. One probably coming to the end of his career, and Lomachenko, one who's a young lion who's hungry. 
and Devin Haney. I've probably watched about half of the fight because, like I say, I didn't get to my hotel till half one in the morning. Then I was up at four to get my plane for six o'clock. So I had like three hours sleep. So as I was watching the fight, I got to around five and fell asleep. Uh, and then we had to do this. So the floor is yours, young man. You watched the fight. You stayed up for it. What happened? Look, we all love a proper old school tear up. But this was the opposite. This was just mesmerizing to watch. Just two artists at the top of their game. Just beautiful boxing. You had the jab, the kind of come forward, slippery box style of Devin Haney and just the speed in the counters and the body shots from Lomachenko. It was unbelievable. Such a close fight. I was talking to a few other boxing media members this morning just about that fight. And it was so, so difficult to score. Mm. It was so hard. I don't personally like giving 10 to 10 rounds, but there's like... There was an argument that there could have been four even rounds in there. That was so nip and tuck the whole fight. It was absolutely fantastic to watch two men at the top of their game. And I know Lomachenko is probably winding it down now. He's coming towards the last couple of fights of his career, but he has shown last night that he's still got a lot left in the tank and he can still mix it with a lot of the top lightweights in the division. A lot of people thought Lomachenko won. A lot of people thought Devin Haney won. It was so, so close. Um, maybe, I think one of the scorecards might have been a, a little bit wide, but Lomachenko's now coming out and saying it's a massive robbery. I don't think it's a robbery because, as I say, it was so close, but just respect to both men because this is the top, top. It's the pinnacle of any sport. And just to watch it and admire, it was fantastic. Mm. Well, obviously, as my plane was taking off, I was flicking through Instagram and, and, and Twitter. And you said a lot of people thought that Haney and Lomachenko, but from the general consensus, what I got from scrolling through social media was that Loma had won the fight. And a close okay. point that is, but the scream robbery in a close fight, it's when there's, you, you mentioned 10 10 mm. rounds there, because some of the rounds were close and probably hard to score. Yeah. Um, But I think it was a 10th round, which was probably a clear. I'm going to go and watch it. I'm going to finish it after this call here. From what I saw and what I read was the 10th round was probably the clearest round to Lomachenko and then Dave Moretti gave it to Devin Haney. Okay. I think there's a discrepancy there, but would it have made a difference in the fight with one judge calling it that way? Who knows? Who knows? But like I say, Lomachenko's proven that he's still got it. He's not He's not slowing down to go out, to give Devin Haney his toughest fight to date. And do you know yeah. what I mean? So and he's fought Cambosis twice, uh, twice in the Linares. But uh, where does David Haney go from this? From here, does Lomachenko get his rematch that probably fans and his team are going to be screaming for? Or does he go for the young gun himself, the other young gun in the division in Shakur Stevenson? I personally think that I'd love to see a rematch, first of all. I think that sort of fight, both fights last night, I think there's potential of a rematch in Taylor Cameron and Haney Loma. Um, obviously, the Taylor Cameron one's already being spoken about. But particularly when it comes to Haney Loma, there's a lot of options for Devin Haney because he's such a big star in boxing in and around that 135, 140 division. But personally, I don't think we'll see him versus Shakur next. I think we'll either see the rematch or he will move up to 140 because he's a huge lightweight. 
I mean, in Saudi Arabia, I was around him, and I know it was kind of 10 weeks from the fight, so he was nowhere near fighting weight. But I, I was looking at him thinking, how do you make 135? Mm. He's built. He's tremendous. If someone told me this guy fights 154, I'd say fair enough. He's, he's huge, and there's fights to be made at 140. There's, there's fights to be made anywhere around those weight divisions. Stick him in with Tank, please. Stick him in with the winner of Taylor Lopez. All of them fights together grow boxing. And the lightweight division, we see it a couple of weeks ago with Garcia Tank. We see it this week with Haney Loma. It's making the sport better. And mm. hopefully other weight divisions will follow suit very soon. Well, I hope so. I hope so. And like uh, Tyson Fury was back on Instagram this week as well. And like you say, if that Saudi deal can happen in December... We get Regis Progray and the Josh Taylors and the Jack Catterall's on 140. We get to see, like, this. I heard that Spence and Crawford are talking with each other. They're going to maybe get it on in July, August time. You mentioned Tank Davis and the featherweight division right now, which is my favourite division. You've got Mick Collin next week facing yeah. Lopez. You've got uh, Wood Lara, again, facing each other next weekend in the same weekend. You've got Mark McZio in that division, Jazza Dickens in that division, Brandon Figueroa in that division. Um, I probably missed a couple of people. Josh did. Josh Wongton's in that division. So it's, again, looking up and down the card, you've got uh, Bantamates, two Bantamates. It's just an absolutely fantastic. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll end on this. I love the sport of boxing. I hate yeah. the business of boxing. I think that's that's my sort of thought on it. I think if the fans get to see the fights, there's too much business involved in terms of getting these fights made. Uh, but the sport of boxing is the best sport in the world. And I think last night prevailed. I think last night shown when boxing's done right, it is absolutely phenomenal. And it kind of relights your fire. It, mm -hmm. it, it kind of just makes you reevaluate everything and think, yeah, we, we're in the right sport. We love what we do. And it, it, and it is an excellent sport to be around. And hopefully we can have more weekends like that. But just before we finish, Andy, just you mentioned that... There's got a big featherweight fights next week, but it's a triple header, three big shows yep. in the UK. We've got Bournemouth. Yep. We've got Akoli, Billum Smith. We've got Belfast. All, all world title fights as well. All world title fights. All world title fights. Belfast with Conlon and Lopez and Wood, Lara in Manchester, which is what I'll be at this week. Three big fights. Which one will you be watching, Andy? Oh. Uh, all three all of them of course. all three but yeah all one of on them TV, of one on the laptop one on my phone all three how's that I think though I think the McConnell fight is going to be on at nine o'clock their, their ring watch is going to be close to nine I think that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing so they don't clash with the other two and then it'll be the zone and sky that might be the the ten o'clock ring walks but I think BT and the don't quote me on this, but that's what I heard. Maybe Mech will be yeah. his ring walk around nine o'clock. So um you can definitely watch his fight before you you you, you get your teeth into either the O'Coley and Bill Smith one or uh Wood Lara. So it's gonna be a, a that's a busy, busy week, busy fight week for the fighters, but a busy week for IFL TV when there's three shows on like that. But we wouldn't want it any other way, Joe, would we? That IFL TV subscription feed is going to be thick this week. From Wednesday <laughs> onwards, expect 40-plus videos a day. If not, someone's slacking. 
definitely, definitely. Well, listen, Joe. Uh, well, that's. I think I enjoyed it. I think this is. Uh, you've got the. You've got the the young, happy-go-lucky Cockney, and you've got the old grumpy Jock. I think this is uh, worked a treat. Although I might get my wife's mascara and start darkening up my beard a little bit because it's a bit too great for me to be on camera. So next week I'll wow. have a, a jet black, a jet black beard. So that's what we're gonna do. At least you can grow a beard, mate. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got a you've got a hairline, mate. Don't worry about that. You've got a hairline. But uh, yeah, and trust. this weekend absolutely fantastic. Got more and more coming next week. So. Uh, we'll probably have a hands full next weekend doing if we've got three shows to to look upon. So, Joe, well done at the Hammers today in the win. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you uh, very much. Thank you for jumping on. Not a problem. And uh, are you going to Prague? Pending, pending. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much might well be. Good stuff. But, uh... <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Listen, uh, excellent. I'll speak to you soon, my man. Right, and uh, yeah, tune in. Make sure you tune yeah, in. Sure you tune well. in. We're going to break down the three fight cards next week. So until then, enjoy. Cheers, Joe. Cheers, mate. Talk smart with Pew McCart. Episode one in bag. Lovely. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>